Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, thank you, Randy Bushover. It's Joe Beamer with you. Our number two on News Radio 930 W. B-E-N. Great to be with you. Hope everyone had a nice weekend. You know, take away the Bills game, even though I think there's a lot of positives to take from that game. But, you know, maybe you got some Christmas shopping done. Maybe you got those decorations up. If you if it's December 9th and your decorations aren't up yet, very, very disappointed. By the way, I just got a picture from my mom who says the hokey tree is up at the Beamer residence, so I will be tweeting that picture out. The Virginia Tech hokey tree. John Simon knows what I'm talking about. I'll post that. We talked about it last week. I will post that at Beamer on Twitter. All right, so on Saturday, we had the Movement to Restore Trust. They had a meeting. Um, the temporary bishop was there, Michael Whalen, an abuse survivor, spoke at the event, sat next to the bishop, gave a powerful speech, talked about forgiveness. And now, Monday, all right, we are the second week of the temporary bishop. He uh, introduced himself last Wednesday. Also, in the Buffalo News on Saturday, there was an article, Without Concrete Reforms, Victims Skeptical of New Buffalo Diocese Leader. I have three questions for you, actually four, because I added a fourth one at the end of the nine o'clock hour. My four questions are, what steps need to be taken for you to trust this new leader, trust that the diocese and the Catholic Church is moving forward? Number two, where are you in the healing process? Number three... Forgiveness. Michael Whalen talked about forgiveness. I want you to tell me your stories of forgiveness or lack of forgiveness. Maybe you have been trying to get forgiveness from somebody for something you did, and they have not been there yet. They have not been able to come to terms yet, or vice versa. And number four, at 11 o'clock, we will learn more about a lawsuit against the Vatican. As an abuse survivor, we'll be giving a press conference in Manhattan. Siobhan O'Connor will be there. So at 11 o'clock, we'll learn more about that. I want to know from you, is suing the Vatican, suing the Pope, is that a good idea? 803-0930, star 930, Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board open at 3930. Janet in Alden. Janet, good morning. Hi, Joe. Um, Wow, the last issue here, suing the Vatican. You know what? I I think that's a phenomenal idea. Um, This abuse goes all the way back to the Vatican and its, you know, and its direction to the parishes throughout the world as to how 
the parishes were too supposed to deal with the people who came forward and, you know, with their moms or dads, you know, were alone and, and, and said that they were abused. This was all to be swept under the rug and hidden. And that was a ruling all the way back, as I said, to the Vatican. You know, we, we have, you know, this, uh, you know, the new fellow in town and, you know, I would hope that, you know, he's honorable and straightforward and he appears to be, but he is still, even if he's above board in every, every way, shape or form, he is still surrounded from the Vatican to Buffalo by people who have helped to cover up these, you know, these crimes to these children. So, Janet, going after, how much influence do you think the Pope himself, though, had on the situation in New York State even, more than the bishops who were in charge at the time? I I believe that he... And other, unfortunately, and, and when I say this, understand that this is a heartbreaking thing for me to say. I have been angry about this issue since the early 2000s when this really started to come to light. Um, many before our current Pope have dealt with the very same issue. They've all known all along and and in my opinion they have chosen to stay quiet and hide this and sweep it under the rug all for the sake of the collection baskets on sunday it's just that simple just absolutely that simple and as far as forgiveness goes after listening to the wonderful program that you guys had i believe on tuesday um, you know, with um, the lawyer, you know, you, you know the program that I'm talking about. Yes, it was uh, Thursday, actually, the day after the new bishop was yeah. introduced with Charlie Speck, Steve Boyd, and our own Brian Mazarowski. Wonderful program on one hand and severely heartbreaking for me on another because listening to the victims that called in, and I've heard many victims and read about it in the paper and, and elsewhere, it it opened my eyes to the fact that I now understand my father's. Now, I'm 71 years old, so this goes back a ways. My father's personality, his abusive personality to our entire family. My father was raised, born and raised Catholic, was an altar boy, and, you know, absolutely refused and had an extremely negative attitude towards the Catholic Church. Now I know why. I, I firmly believe that my father was also a victim. A victim. And that, that abuse and, 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 and that heartbreak has carried over to my younger sister, who was severely abused by my dad, This, this, this abuse doesn't just affect and hasn't just affected the, the little boys who, who, were, who were abused, 
when they grow up and, and they're angry and their marriages and, and their relationships are shattered continually, then those people are affected too. Janet, let me ask you one, one more question. Do you agree with me that it would help for the diocese to bring an outside firm in to investigate instead of having all these internal investigations that no one gets to see the results of? Oh, abs- absolutely. Absolutely. But I don't know in, in my heart, in my mind, I can't speak for others. And, and kudos to the people who have continued to attend Mass and, and, and followed through. I, I, good for them. Uh, really, I can't do it. I won't give a dime. I won't give a dime of, of my money or a second of my time because I don't have trust and faith. But an outside agency should come in and expose every bit of it from the Vatican on down to Buffalo and everywhere else throughout the world. Janet, thank you for the call. Janet in Alden, opening up a line for you at 803-0930. Where do you stand in this process that the diocese is moving forward? They've gotten rid of Bishop Malone, or I'm sorry, he resigned. Uh, There is a new temporary bishop. Where do you stand on the process moving forward? How are you in the healing process. Also, forgiveness. Michael Whalen spoke of forgiveness. Give me your stories of forgiveness or lack of forgiveness. It's Joe Beamer in for Sandy Beach on News Radio 930 WBEN. Joe Beamer with you in for Sandy Beach here on News Radio 930 WBEN. And let me tell you, I said this at the beginning of the show, reading that forecast. I am very excited for what Wednesday could bring. Now, I don't want a bad snowstorm. I don't want I don't want to have traffic issues, people not getting into work, but I would like some snow on the ground. It is December 9th. We are too close to Christmas to not have a little snow. And it's funny how my attitude changes because right now I want snow. I don't care. I happily wipe the snow off my car. I just got snow tires put on the car over the weekend. I also want some snow on the road so I can test those out. So I'm excited for snow on December 9th. Now, January 9th will be a completely different story because I'm the kind of person, I like the cold weather. It goes along well with Christmas, but I don't really do anything else when it comes to winter activities. I'd like to get into skiing. I just haven't. So I love snow, but the second day of January, we could go tropical and have it 86 degrees. It's it's funny how quickly my attitude changes. Oh, Christmas, you know, uh, end of the season football. This is great. January 9th, I want warm. I want spring training in full effect. I'm ready for baseball. I changed just that quickly. All right. 803-0930. The Movement to Restore Trust had a meeting on Saturday. Tim Winger was there. He set it up for us in the first hour. In the paper on Saturday, there was an article that says uh, people are still skeptical of the new diocese leader. And from the article, Malone's resignation will mean nothing if the new diocese leader doesn't implement concrete reforms to unveil the full extent 
of clergy sexual abuse in the diocese and hold accountable other administrators who have concealed abuses and shuffled molester priests around. Is that where you are? You, you're happy to see this new leader. He's talking a good game, right? He said he was going to release documents. He sounds like he's going to be more transparent. Something I said needed to be done. So are you feeling hopeful? Where are you in your healing process? And then stories of forgiveness. Michael Whalen said this at that event on Saturday. God tells you to forgive, so I forgive him. A lot of survivors don't like me for doing that. They can't understand how I can do that. But I believe in my God. I never lost my faith. I just didn't need the man on the stage telling me how to talk to my God. So that being said, I forgive worse. That's and on the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board, a texter says, Jesus said to forgive, so I forgive. 803-0930, star 930, Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board is open at 3930. And sitting on line one, our friend Dan in West Seneca. Dan, good morning. Good morning, Joe. How are you? I'm doing okay. You know, I, I the Bills game yesterday, obviously, we all wanted to win. But I think there were a lot of positives to take from that game. Uh, that was a big game. We have, uh, for the most part, a very young team. The defensive effort was stellar. I think that Hauschka, the kicker, kind of redeemed himself. Uh, there's three games to go. We're going to the playoffs. We all should be happy. Great point, Dan. And yes, Stephen Hauschka, after not the most memorable Thanksgiving, did redeem himself. He kept the Bills in that game early on. Absolutely. Now, now I'd like to touch on your topic, and, and uh, I, I don't want to offend anybody or be nonsensitive, but I did listen to your program the other day when Steve Boyd, the attorney, was on. Uh, I actually saw that, that O'Connor woman who was the executive secretary to the bishop. Uh, she made world news tonight. Um, I've I, I seen all that. And I'm, I'm absorbing it. I'm uh, I have a couple of questions that I, I didn't hear anybody ask, so um, I want to ask you, uh, and, and you can tell me if I missed them, and, and maybe you can tell me what the answer was, but um, when Steve Boyd talks about everything that occurred, uh, and he's an attorney, uh, I also think that it was tragic. I think that it happened, uh, he had said that he had 200 cases in the Buffalo Diocese and 100 cases uh, very possibly in the Rochester Diocese, and that his uh, legal office was going to litigate all 300 cases. So uh, I guess what I'd like to know is when is the last time a report of sexual abuse had been reported in the Buffalo Diocese? Okay? Uh, I, I hadn't heard that, and I was curious, because in my mind with what I'm hearing, uh, everything seems to be, you know, 20 years ago, 50 years ago. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. I haven't followed it that closely. Secondly, um, uh, I don't like that O'Connor woman. She was an executive secretary. I think that if I employed her, uh, I would have expected at least a minimum of a little more respect and, and certainly a pretty good conversation prior to her going public and getting her two or three minutes of fame. Uh, and then thirdly, Mr. Boyd. Um, he's never been clear, but uh, attorneys work on retainer. They get paid. So 
He claims to be this good Samaritan who is going to be the avenging angel for the victims of uh, predator priest, child abuse, uh, which I think there is no excuse for. However, let's just say, and I heard some of the settlements, and some of them uh, are pretty hefty, but let, let's put an average of uh, $100,000 on them just for easy math, multiply them by 300 and I'd like to know how much Mr. Boyd is getting paid, or is he truly a good Samaritan, and he's doing it pro bono. So I have to question the motives. Everybody likes to get an interview on the television. Everybody likes to criticize. Easy to be an armchair quarterback, okay? Um, but they're criticizing and really kind of bashing the Catholic Church. And I want to know at the end of the day, after the 300 cases of litigation, and the Catholic Church will be bankrupt, and certainly its image tarnished. Uh, how much money is Mr. Boyd going to deposit in the bank? Well, Dan, I don't have specific answers to your questions, uh, but, but let me say two things I do know. I, I know the O'Connors, as you've heard me say. Um, I know Siobhan 100%, I believe her when she says she is doing it for the better of the church. This is a family who builds, who builds their lives. I mean, they grew up literally in the church. I mean, this is, this is the, one of the most Catholic families you can find. And she wouldn't be doing this if she didn't think or she didn't know she was exposing something that was a cancer in that church. So I 100% believe she is doing what she thinks is best to move the diocese forward. Also, Steve Boyd, I'm not sure the numbers that you mentioned. However, I know he cares about these cases. You can hear it in the way he talks, not only on this station, but when the mics are off, he still has so much passion when he's talking about these cases. And he can tell you without looking at notes, without anything, every case Word for word, he can he can illustrate the emotions that he feels from the other from the clients that are bringing these cases. So Dan, thanks for the call, but I I do think Siobhan is doing what she thinks is best for the church, and I do think Steve Boyd is is getting what he feels or what most feel is appropriate for these victims who went quiet so many years. It's Joe in for Sandy after this. Listen up, I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome back. Joe Beamer in for Sandy Beach. 
here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Hope everyone is having a great kickoff to the week. Sandy will be back in this seat tomorrow. As I said at the beginning of the show, he had some vacation time left, and he decided, why not make my weeks three-day weeks until the end of the year? So he has taken every Monday off for the rest of this year. But don't worry, he'll be back in this chair tomorrow, 9 a.m. Looking forward to that. I'll be back with you on Friday at 9 a.m., the Friday show. The work has already started to prep what we're going to talk about this Friday. Also, I'd like to say welcome back Tony Caligiri. He had pneumonia. We all know how awful that can be. So now, Sandy's team, all three of us have had pneumonia. Sandy, Tony, and myself. So it's out of our systems. I think that's how it works. So the team, all three of us, will be back together tomorrow at 9 o'clock. Very excited for that. On Saturday, the Movement to Restore Trust had a meeting uh, that was already planned. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. That was already planned, and now it, it held a little more weight. As you heard Tim Wenger set it up for us last hour, it held a little more weight. The new bishop was there, and, you know, he was – he gave a speech. He had Michael Whalen, a abuse survivor, sitting next to him, something you would have, would have never seen with Bishop Malone. So it, it seems early on – and again – this is a temporary guy. He is doing the job temporarily until they find a permanent bishop. But this guy is talking a good game. And I think a lot of people are excited to see what he can bring to further the healing, as the committee's called, to restore the trust in the diocese. Because every time we do a show like this, I always say, even Catholics, as I am, I am not a Catholic, but for even non-Catholics, we all want to see a Catholic church that is very popular in Western New York. We'd like to see the trust brought back within the church. We'd like to see people feeling comfortable when they go back to church, bringing their families to church. Obviously, in the good work the Catholic church does, obviously we want to see those things be funded and be able to keep on doing the good work around the community. So more than just Catholics benefit from a strong Catholic church that has the trust of the community. And that is what I, I would assume is the goal now of the diocese. And there were names dropped by Michael Whalen on people that he thinks need to go. And the bishop, the temporary bishop said, I'm going to have to make some difficult decisions, which, in my opinion, leads to I am going to have to let some people go. And for me, the next move, I again, this is me. I have no knowledge if it will be the next move, would be releasing those, as Charlie Speck said, secret documents. And Charlie is 100% right. Until they're released, they are secret documents. They have not been released to the public, to the people that give their money to the Catholic Church every week. I think those people have a right to see what happened in those investigations, what was found. And yes, what did previous bishops what did previous bishops cover up? What was never released 
to the parishioners of those churches. And I think that's a very important next step. And I'm sorry to the texter. I did say this guy. I meant the bishop. That's on me. I apologize. 803-0930, star 930. Here is what Michael Whalen had to say Saturday as he addressed the movement to restore trust. Michael, you had some powerful words up there today um, as, as an abuse survivor. You continually are calling for more change within the diocese, and you're naming two, two folks who are left there. Yes. Um, people who've been there for decades who knew about the abuse, they knew what was going on, uh, the Archbishop Gross and Terry Connors, both of them have been there for decades, and they've known about it. People like that need to go. They're, they're hurting the diocese. How can the diocese heal if you still have the old guard in there doing the old playbook? So people like that need to step out. You're sitting right next to uh, the apostolic administrator, Bishop Scharfenberger. Um, you, your, your initial thoughts, you had some, some thoughts up on, on the podium. The man truly is sincere. Talking with him, it's like talking to my grandfather. I mean, he really, me and him discuss like everything. He wants to, you know, meet with me one-on-one, -on -one, see what we can do as far as come up with ideas to help survivors heal and what they can do. The biggest thing is a trust issue. And with that, I think drastic changes need, needed to be done in the diocese which he understands and agrees with. Um, so let's see, you know, if he's a man of words. I told him that, you know, they gave us a list of what, a hundred qualities that you wanted in the bishop. What I told him was, I'm old school. You look a man in the eye, you give him a handshake, and a man's only as good as his word. So with that being said, that's what he did. He shook my hand, looked me in the eye, and said, we will do this together and we will change this. So he's a man, if he's a man of his word, like I say, I look for a brighter future for the diocese. A lot of deep discussion here um, and difficult discussion talking about bankruptcy. Uh, yes. That seems to be inevitable. Your thoughts on that? Um, I knew it was going to happen. Um, I just, you know, that's the politics and that's everything that plays into, you know, everything. But it was inevitable. It, it was going to happen. We knew it was going to happen. So let's see, you know, if it's fair to us survivors. A standing ovation for you as you left the stage and you <laughs> greeted Bishop Scharfenberger. And I think everybody in attendance very moved when you said the words, I forgive you, Norbert Orsolitz. That can't be easy to say. It, it, it's not. But if you have, like, I've never lost my faith. But if you believe in your faith and you believe in your God strong enough, God tells you to forgive, so I forgive him. A lot of survivors don't like me for doing that. They can't understand how I can do that. But I believe in my God. I never lost my faith. I just didn't need the man on the stage telling me how to talk to my God. So that being said, I forgive Orsets. One day after this is all said and done, to meet with him face to face so I can tell him to his face that I forgive him and let him take that to his grave wondering why one abused victim forgave him. It'll be worth it. Very powerful statement at the end there saying that he forgives 
the priest who abused him. So I have a few questions for you. Where do you stand on the diocese moving forward, the steps in the right direction? Where do you still have some questions, some questions you'd like to see answered? Also, as Michael Whalen talked about forgiveness, give me your story of forgiveness or lack of forgiveness. And it can be someone you've forgiven or not forgiven or someone who you have been working to get forgiveness from. 803-0930, star 930. Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board is open at 3930. We'll do one more segment on this. And then at 11, it's cold and flu season. Yeah, we'll get into that after the 11 o'clock news here on WBEN. Joe Beamer in for the legend, Sandy Beach, who will be back in this chair tomorrow morning at 9 the team back together. Looking forward to that. On the text board, it says, I mentioned wearing shorts and flip-flops today because it's 49. Someone said, men who wear flip-flops should at least get regular pedicures. You know, I'm trying. I'm trying to keep my pedicure schedule at every four or five weeks. I'm a little off that right now. But uh, hopefully the year 2020 brings regular pedicures for Joe Beamer. I know a lot of people would be uh, quite appreciative if I stuck to that. 803-0930, star 930, the movement to restore trust had their meeting on Saturday. A lot of positives coming out of that meeting. You heard Michael Whalen talk about forgiveness, talk about people he thinks need to be let go from the diocese, shown the door from the diocese. Do you agree with that? Do you agree with those steps to restore the trust? I mean, that is the point of the committee is to restore the trust. Where are you in your healing? You know, I know a lot of people are at different places. A lot of people are starting to feel better. I know most people obviously still going to church, still giving their regular pledge to the church to keep the church active, to keep the church giving to the back to the community. But I know some people, uh, they had lost that trust. They had lost their trust in their church. And as Sandy said, that's never a good thing. You know, you don't want to lose trust in a place that you're supposed to be comfortable at, in a place that you're supposed to know if everything's going wrong, you have that place to go to. And I know that the steps are being taken by some to finally get back to that part. And I'd like to know, where are you in that journey to get back to trusting and feeling comfortable at church again? Also, forgiveness. Michael Whalen spoke of forgiveness. Where are you? What are your stories of forgiveness? Have you ever forgiven somebody or maybe... You try, you try to find the way to forgive somebody and it's just not there. There is a former friend or even maybe a family member who you have tried so hard to forgive and you just can't come to terms with what they did. 803-0930, star 930. Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe uh, you did something and your friend or your family member has not been able to find forgiveness. You know, you, you get to a point where you hold a grudge for so long 
and then you realize it was so petty or so little, right? Now, obviously, I'm not talking in Michael Whalen's case. I think a lot of people are surprised that he would be able to find forgiveness in someone that did something so horrific, so tragic. But think about your everyday life and the things that you've maybe held a grudge with too long. You know, I had a friend right when I got out of college who got a house with a bunch of friends and he didn't include me. I thought we were close. I thought if he needed a roommate, I'd be the first person he asked and he didn't. He asked like three other guys. Somehow I didn't make the cut and I held that grudge for a while. You know, but looking back on it now, I held that grudge way too long. And I wish I hadn't because we kind of fell out of uh, communication. We don't talk as much as we used to. And I really wish I hadn't held the grudge the way I did. Also, I can think of another grudge that I still hold to this day. And maybe now reflecting on it, it's, it's a little petty. But I had a friend. This might... This might get me in a little trouble. Um, I had a friend who got married who asked me and another friend to stand in his wedding. Now, I don't know what happened between that and the actual wedding, but the two of us went from standing in his wedding to not even being invited. Now, personally, I didn't care for, I mean, I was upset, but I wasn't so upset that I didn't get the invite. That's fine. But my other friend he had stood in his wedding and then to not even invite him to your wedding, I held that grudge for a while. It, it still kind of ticks me off, as you can tell me holding this, uh, telling this story, but I'm not upset he didn't invite me. That's fine. I saved on a wedding gift. But the fact that my buddy, who, whose wedding he stood at, tells him, oh yeah, you're going to stand in my wedding and then doesn't even invite him. I probably should find the way to forgive. It seems like such a petty thing saying on the radio to, all, to this audience, but I still, I still hold somewhat of a grudge. And I'd like to know your stories. Have you been able to forgive? Or at the end of the day, do you still maybe hold a little grudge? And then when you say it out loud, you kind of realize, eh, maybe it's time to let go of that one. 803-0930, star 930, Joan in Buffalo. Joan, good morning. Hi, how are you, Joe? Joan, I'm doing well. What would you like to comment on this morning? Okay, it, and it is the idea of forgiveness. And I, I want to make a couple of statements. First of all, um, if you are Christian, we are all children of God. But we are also human beings who make mistakes. On a personal level, um, I have found and I absolutely believe that if one cannot forgive, they are working from anger and hurt, which is totally going to block out acceptance of love. The, the two of them cannot go together. I'm, I'm kind of metaphysical here, but I mean, if you understand what I'm saying and uh, Christ, who was the representative of God on earth, gave a perfect example. When he was dying on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. But I think the main thing is, as long as one hangs on to anger, it harms 
you more than it does the other person. The other person just goes on with their life, la di da di da and you're holding all of this anger, which <laughs> works against one. It, it, it doesn't help. I don't know what to, whether I'm making sense or not. Joan, I'm following. So have you had a story of being able to forgive somebody and move on? Uh, several times in my personal family, and it's not an easy thing to do. But I think, for the most part, the hardest thing for me is to forgive the Catholic Church for this cover-up. And I am no longer a Catholic. I have moved away from that, oh, maybe decades ago. Uh, but that is the thing that I have to work on the most. Uh, not angry at the Catholic Church, per se, but angry in terms of the pedophilia, the cover-up. That is what bothers me a lot. And... Uh, so that's a big thing I have to work on. And, Joan, I think a lot of people here in western New York are right there in line with you. Thank you, Joan, in Buffalo. All right. Coming up after the news with Randy, it's cold and flu season. And I have a few questions. How do you avoid getting a cold? Do you get the flu shot? Are you a regular flu shot getter? Also, when you're sick, what are your remedies? What is your, I've got an awful cold, I, this is my go-to thing. And yes, I'm bringing back this question. Do you go to work or do you stay home? 803-0930, cold and flu season. I want to know how you feel about it after this. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.